you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield. And uh, I guess to start with uh, the fact that, uh, well, you guys know this, and I'm sure people out there listening know this. We have an extra podcast now every week. Um, I'm sure you guys, some of you out there noticed that uh, there was a podcast that probably popped up on your streaming services on Friday. And so, uh, Fabs and Grandma, you guys are, are doing the, the week previews now uh, on yep. Fridays. We're a yeah, we're, we're hopefully going to get in one of our insiders every week. We had Ian Rappaport last week. Um and uh, breaking down some games, and uh, we we miss you not being there. But Marcus, you need a day off. We get it. Yeah, I, it's uh, all good, man. I, I don't I don't look. I, I love you guys, but uh, you know I enjoy my day off. Hey, you don't want to. I wish in. I had more than one day <laughs> off, so I, I totally get it. You don't want to come in super early in the morning on your day off? Uh, uh, not not so much. No. <laughs> Hang out with us even more. Not so much. Uh, not so much. Bummer. So uh, we have plenty to talk about. So because there is a Friday show, that sort of changes what we're going to do on the Wednesday show. So obviously, for a lot of leagues, waivers ran overnight. So now. We're looking at making some roster moves, right? So we'll talk about guys to drop, maybe somebody you want to trade for or trade away. Plus, talk about the, some of these running back rotations that have been nightmares to sort of deal with, uh, kind of figure out what they may look like this week. And then we'll take some of your Twitter questions as well. So we got plenty to talk about there. But uh, before we do any of that, we'll go behind the glass and talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's up? I uh, this the show uh, the one of the best things about it is we're we're great talking about movies and TV show giving our recommendations. So if you're someone like me whose uh, football team is gonna probably get mollywopped, uh, <laughs> mollywopped. Go. Uh, I recommend you to go to the theater and go see Joker because uh, it's definitely a, two hours you won't regret. So there, there, there's my two cents. So and I am going to go see it at some point. The one thing I keep asking people, and few people seem to have seen this movie. Uh, have you seen The King of Comedy? The uh, Scorsese movie, Scorsese. I, have not, I have not, but it, from what I read, it's like half, like, based half off that, of that. Half, half Taxi Driver, right? That a little bit. I've heard that it, the Joker character was based off the killing joke, uh, which was like... Which I've like, read, yes. which is uh, was sort of like, it's kind of the, the seminal Joker origin exactly. story. So if you put all that stuff in a blender, then you pretty you much... Joker. Yeah. Okay. Because, and I would I would honestly recommend seeing The King of Comedy, right? It, it, and to kind of, to, to sum it up, basically you take... Robert De Niro plays the the Joker character, sort of, and Jerry Lewis is the Robert De Niro character right. in the movie. Um, and they're very, very similar. Because, in fact, the first time I saw a trailer for Joker, I was like, oh, this is the king of comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw this movie, you know, 10 years ago, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would recommend, you know, even if you enjoy Joker, I'd recommend going back. I don't know if it's on Netflix or somewhere, some streaming service. I try to find it. It's, it is a good film. It's worth watching. So, there you go. There you go. Uh, enough about that. Uh, let's do some news. <laughs> The news. We will start 
with Eddie's New York football giants. Uh, outlook not good for Thursday night. Uh, it looks like they're going to be without a lot of key pieces mm-hmm. as they get ready to take on the New England Patriots. Uh, Pat Shermer has pretty much said Saquon Barkley uh, isn't likely to play. Uh, Wayne Gallman is still in concussion protocol. Uh, St- uh, Sterling Shepard looks like he's going to be in concussion protocol, may not be available. Evan Ingram is dealing with a knee issue, and uh, he looks like he is pretty questionable to play on Thursday night. Uh, I mean, Fabs one, we keep saying everything always lines up for the Patriots defense, yeah. it seems like. But the, the other part of this is there's no part of the Giants I think I want. No, no, I don't. Uh, and uh, so I, I have it. I have it under pretty good you know, authority. Evan's not playing. And um, Evan has taken himself out of his fantasy oh, roster. Well, there's your as a starter answer. So I, I would not expect him to play. So, you know, hopefully you were able to get. Maybe Gerald Everett or Chris Herndon, who now uh, we'll get to that. comes up as injured. We'll talk about that. Uh, maybe Vance McDonald off the waiver wire. He could be out there. It could be, you know, Hodges' uh, security blanket this weekend. We'll see, but it's thin. But, yeah, every week, every week. I mean, if you have the Patriots defense, and I have them in probably like four leagues, they're every bit as valuable. Set it and forget it. They're every bit as valuable as having a top five running back or a top five wide receiver or the top tight end in fantasy football. So Christian McCaffrey has been easily the fantasy MVP so far, but yep. the Patriots defense is, I also think pretty easily the they're in the two. running. They're in the number two. They're in the running spot. It's bananas every week. It's, you know, it's like if they're not playing the Dolphins, they're playing the Jets without Darnold. Um, you know, they're playing the Redskins who are awful. And now they're playing the Giants, <laughs> who are down to a skeleton crew on offense. And it's it, every single week. I mean, if you're in a deeper league, like Golden Tate, is he on your radar? I mean, Maybe. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, deep, I, you know, you know, Slayton, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, the, the, the Giants going into this game, the following week, you know, in their next contest, hopefully they'll be back and whole again. And they've got some, they've got some, pretty viable fantasy assets you know in Ingram and Saquon when he comes back and Sterling Shepard and Daniel Jones from time to time but right now yeah I mean I think this is this is one to avoid I mean you're looking at John Hilleman and Elijah Penny I mean it's gonna be which look I I know people were sort of putting in claims for John Hilleman uh, good luck with that yeah, I I, I don't mean, know that I'd spend a waiver claim on that one. Yeah, I mean, he'll get 15 touches if you need a running back play this week. I guess, but, but I mean, they, they won't be quality touches. Yeah. And, and the fact of the matter is, he literally is a one-week rental because Saquon is probably back next week. So then, you know, Hilleman goes right back on the waiver wire. So, I don't know. Something's going on in the in the waters in New York with all these injuries to our sports teams. Yes. The Yankees have gone through a gluttony of well, them. I mean, you the Jets, just, the Giants. You just need to keep a rolled as Chapman away from champagne bottles. That's, a, <laughs> that's what you need to do. That's, a, that's your problem there. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of... Over there at Florham Park, uh, well, the good news is Sam Donald has been cleared to play. He is expected to start against the Dallas Cowboys this week. That means that apparently the fear of him dying has significantly diminished. That's good. That's probably that is good, good for the league. That's yeah. very good. Uh, the bad news is Chris Herndon, who we were all expecting back this week uh, because he had been suspended, well, he's hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is hurt. Uh, Manish Mehta was one of the many people uh, reporting that Chris Herndon right now is dealing with a hamstring injury. Wonderful. He is listed as week to week, but it looks like he has already been ruled out. 
for this week's game against the Dallas Cowboys. So if you went overnight and put in a waiver claim for Chris Herndon, sorry about your luck. You're going to have to wait at least one more week before. Yeah, and also, too, so, you know, on NFL.com and some other outlets out there, they have the injury spots. Mm -hmm. So you now have to get him out of there to make your lineup legal. And then you have to think about whether or not you want to keep him there because now he's going to eat up a bench spot depending on how. And and these hamstrings are always tricky. You should probably go ahead and drop Herndon if you grabbed him. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Imagine that. It sucks. That sucks, dude. It sucks. But I mean, guys, the, the, after you get past like the top six or seven tight ends this week, you just want to vomit. Like you seriously want to vomit bad. on your phone. It's so bad out there. And, and yeah. no Evan Ingram this week is really going to hurt. Um, yeah, Chris Herndon, man. Um, so we I, hope your hamstring gets right, but but I this will probably be a multiple week injury. Yeah, just to give folks some context, you know, I'm always looking to make trades. You guys know that. And so in our NFL Fantasy Live League, I've been talking to Damashek back and forth because he has Ertz and he has Disley, and I'm thinking, okay, well maybe I can get Disley off his off his roster, and he wants Calvin Ridley, and I can't do it. I I I, I, I traded for Ridley because I like him, and Disley's great and all, but. At this point, and then and then Dave, who I'm going to text him too, he puts in a claim for Gerald Everett. Thanks. Now you got three freaking <laughs> tight ends. I wanted Everett. I ended up getting uh, Vance McDonald, who I'm going to roll with because I drafted OJ Howard. And how happy I was when I got well, OJ Howard. Trade him. Now he's, he's, a, just he's a stealer. Awful. He's a stealer homer. Trade I know. I'm going to try. But but the, uh, see, the thing is, like, you have to make a decision. If you don't have a good tight end, you either have to make a deal to go out and get one and probably pay a little too much, or you suck it up and you stream them every week. And in this case. Unless Dave will trade me Everett for something lesser uh, than than a Ridley, I'm gonna stream and hope. You know what really sucks too about the Herndon injury is he apparently pulled his hammy while working on his own, like running routes on Friday off mm. to the side, and wow. uh, when he wasn't technically off of his suspension. So that that really sucks. Oh, the Jets just no luck. So the other part about this, right? And I know for Jets Nation, they had been eagerly awaiting the return of Sam Darnold. They're hoping that you know, obviously having had Luke Falk at quarterback. I mean, forget we forget Trevor Simeon was in at quarterback for what, like a quarter, yeah, quarter and a half his, before, yeah. that was before a bad hurt, injury before he hurt his ankle, and so that's why they landed on Luke Falk this week. I'm almost feeling like I would still take a chance on the Cowboys defense because you've got yeah, a quarterback. Yeah. You got a quarterback in there who hasn't really been able to work out or run. He, he was barely doing cardio last week, right? He hasn't been with the team for what three weeks, four weeks, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, they still have a, a questionable offensive line. Yeah, uh, no, the, I'm not. I'm in. The Jets' offense has fewer yards than Christian McCaffrey I'm de- this year. I'm definitely. <laughs> that's crazy, dude. <laughs> that's crazy. That's not even me making a joke. Like that's a fact. I'm, uh, I'm definitely into it. Um, I, I I will say though, like Dallas has been so frustrating to watch this year. You think? <laughs> I mean, they, they're just so in, they're so inconsistent week to week. But yeah. Darnold, uh, Darnold coming off of multiple week out. I mean, yeah, defense isn't defense is in another really bad spot this week too. Sort of like tight end, it's really thin outside of like the top five or six plays. Right. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Uh, Jalen Samuels is expected to miss about a month. Uh, He's getting his knee scoped, and so he's going to be unavailable for the Steelers for just a little bit. So that means Benny Snell Jr. moves up to the number two spots behind James Conner there in Pittsburgh. Any interest, Fabs, in Vinny Snell Jr.? Benny I mean, Snell. I, I guess. I guess if you're looking to handcuff Connor, so. But I, I, I want to ask you guys a question, and Graham in particular. 
Connor is going to get a boatload of touches now, you would think. I mean, I don't think that they're going to promote Snell to what the usage that Samuels had sure. at this point. Uh, they've got the Chargers this week. you got to play Connor. Uh, more likely scenario, Connor gets so many touches that he's productive, or the Chargers stack the box against him and make Hodges beat them through the air, which basically stifles Connor's production. They sh- the Chargers absolutely should do that, but the, the Chargers uh, <laughs> are, are sort of like the Cowboys right now. It's hard to predict what their defense is going to do. I mean, they have mm-hmm. a lot of talented players. Um, they're, they're a little bit banged up, but yeah, Connor is by far going to be the workhorse uh, yeah. in, in Pittsburgh now. Well, and add to it that James Washington looks like he's going to be out of yeah. it's a shoulder injury. Yep. Uh, that's going to have him on the sidelines, so that's one fewer. Way. Although, I, look, I know James uh, James Washington hadn't been a big part of what the Steelers were doing. But he was a full-time player now, but He basically. was. He yeah. was, and so that's one less guy out there on the field uh, for Devlin Hodges to potentially target. And how, But how high can you be on any of these guys with this kid, you know, under center? I, I mean, I've got Juju in a few places, and I am legitimately concerned. Mm-hmm. No, I know. I'm legitimately. Well, the the bigger concern for me this week for Juju is he'll probably draw shadow coverage from Casey Hayward. And then the Steelers obviously just don't have anybody else to really like stretch the field, especially without James Washington. Um, It'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, the Steelers should put Juju in the slot a bunch and just try to let him get loose in the middle of the field. But yeah, Connor. Connor's probably going to see like 20 to 25 touches this week. Yeah, and, and you know, he that, that's like the definition of maybe the matchup isn't superb because you're going to expect the Chargers to stop him because who else do they have right now? They could put Hayward on Juju, but the volume is, 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 is what you're going to be looking for and hopeful for. And, I mean, if you do have James Connor at least, and you hate to see a guy get hurt, but the one issue that you had despite the fact, you know, instead of, you know, having to deal with, well, the quarterback position with Rudolph, now you're still dealing with it with Devlin Hodges, but now there's a clear path to 20 touches per week. Yeah, absolutely. With with Samuels out. So there you go. Uh, Last bit of news, the Buffalo Bills and the Oakland Raiders have made a trade. Uh, The Bills sending Zay Jones to the Raiders for a 2021 draft pick. And I know on the surface, it maybe doesn't seem like it's going to make a whole lot of waves. Zay Jones, Graham, never really landed, connected in Buffalo, I think, the way people thought he would when he was drafted. And uh, look, the Raiders... I mean, I guess you could say they, they could they could use some wide receiver help. Tyrell Williams has been very good for them so far this year, but they're sort of like you know mixing and matching with you know, Hunter Renfro, Keelan Doss, yeah. whatever. So maybe there's a chance for Zay Jones to, to get on the field more and maybe get some more targets. Here. Right. The Raiders were put in a really bad spot with the A-B situation just kind of falling apart. And their receiver depth going into this year, I thought was going to be okay with uh, with A.B. and Tyrell, but you know it's obviously just not happened. Zay Jones is a fine number three or four receiver. It's just he... He doesn't offer much in the explosion category. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, Zay Jones was the guy who a couple years ago had a huge week at the Senior Bowl, which, which blew his stock way up. Uh, and he's never really been able to match what he did down there in Mobile for that week. So the Raiders need depth, though. Yeah, they, they do. do. Need depth. They do. And, you know, Tyrell is banged up, too. So. Uh, the bye came at a good time for him. Yeah, well, you know, he's he's been scoring touchdowns, but really after that first That's it, week, yeah. after that first week, the yardage just has not been. Yes, him, so. correct, yeah. All right, so we'll see what happens with Zay Jones there in Oakland. That's pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. Well, it is moving day across fantasy football. The waivers ran in most leagues overnight on Tuesday into Wednesday morning. So now 
you're probably looking at your roster and trying to figure out what you're going to do for week six. So, as I said, it is moving day, so we got some questions about guys that uh, may be sitting on some rosters somewhere, and you're deciding, do you drop them? Do you hold on to them? What do you do here? The first one, fellas, I feel like is a fairly easy answer. Wayne Gallman, who's not going to play this week as he's still in, in concussion protocol. Saquon looks like he is right on the verge of coming back. I would think, Graham, at this point, it's a pretty easy call that you can probably let go of Wayne Gallman. Yeah, you can, uh, especially if you need help with the bye weeks this week. If you're a Barkley owner and you feel like you have a roster spot to burn, it's probably okay to keep stashing Gallman in case Barkley gets hurt again, but I think we're all expecting Saquon to be back in week seven. Yeah, I would think so. Uh Peyton Barber, Fabs, it's kind of an interesting one because Ronald Jones looks like he's getting more and more opportunity there in Tampa Bay. Uh, but Peyton Barber's still just kind of hanging around. It's just it's not enough for you to really consider him week to week. It's just it's just enough to maybe keep him hanging on the edge of your roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're looking maybe for help somewhere, is it okay to say goodbye to Peyton Barber? Nah, I mean... In the 12 leagues I'm uh, in, I don't think he's a free agent in any of them. Maybe one, and that's it. Mm. And I hate the Buccaneers' backfield because it seemed <laughs> like there was trending towards Rojo, and then last week, I mean, it, you know, it went back. Barber had the better game. And I think that's just going to end up being what it is every single week. I mean, you know, Arians is not going to have one featured back on that roster, and we're going to be guessing, and that's what it's going to be, a guessing game unless one of these guys gets hurt. And, you know, you're coming upon, you know, four teams on a bye. You're going to be coming off, you know, bipocalypse is going to be coming here sooner rather than later. So you want to have guys like Peyton Barber in there because inevitably when things get thin and they are going to get thin and they're getting thinner, um, he's going to be in your lineup as a flex. So I, I would I would keep... Uh, I'd keep Peyton Barber uh, on your roster if for no other reason but depth purposes because honestly, guys, like, what's on the waiver wire right now at running back? It's I mean, great. John Hilleman? Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, there's just nothing. This was like the worst week for waiver wire I've seen in like yeah. a couple of years. I mean, it was like, it was just, it's just barren out there. Yeah. I, I went, you know, last night was going through and, and trying to make claims. And it's like, there's there's nothing here that I feel like I can work with right now. Yeah. And, and it, it shows too. Like, I, I tried to put in a few claims on Gerald Everett. Uh, I thought like my 12 to $15 fab bids were, were going to work. Nope. Yeah. And people have money to spend <laughs> because there's nothing to spend on. I know. There's, there's going to be, at some point in the next couple of weeks, there's going to be some dude, you know, somebody goes down with an injury, whatever the case may be, you know, like, like maybe it's oh, Chase Edmonds. David Johnson's a little bit banged up. I, I tried to get a couple of shares of Edmonds where I could, but there's going to be one guy who everyone's just going to blow their budget on because there hasn't been that guy yet. Has not been. I mean, unless you, I mean, Will Disley, maybe, I, I don't know, but there hasn't been that guy. I mean, I know a lot of people yeah. blew a lot of fab on Gallman, and that Ooh. worked out for one week. So, Ooh. but nobody, so, nobody's breaking the bank for tight ends either. It's uh, sort of the yep. Thing yeah. All right, so speaking of depth uh, and another running back situation that has a lot of folks pulling their hair out, Philadelphia, right? Uh, Miles Sanders, we were hoping, might you know really take the reins in that backfield. That hasn't happened. His best game so far has been 12.6 points. That was in week three against Detroit. Does not have a touchdown. Uh, has had fumbling problems. He's only lost one, but he's put the ball on the ground a few times. And now it's to the point, guys, where... Doug Peterson is saying, we're going to give Jordan Howard more carries. At first, Howard was just sort of the goal line guy. That touchdown upside sort of kept him relevant. But now he has earned his way into being more of a, I won't say a bell cow, because the, the Eagles just don't do that with their running backs, but into getting a, a bigger workload there in Philadelphia. So now that leaves us looking at Miles Sanders like, you really have to pop a big play in order for us to, to really consider you. He has two double-digit games this year. 
I mean, what are we doing with Miles Sanders right now? The Eagles' uh, schedule is about to get a lot tougher, too. I mean, they have three straight road games against the Vikings, Cowboys, and Bills. And I, I think you can run on the Cowboys a little bit. But Vikings, and think? Bills, Vikings and Bills are, are, <laughs> are very difficult matchups. And now, you know, if he's not going – he's not been able to see any of the inside the 10 work. Mm-mm. I mean, I don't necessarily think you can drop Sanders because if Howard gets hurt, Sanders yeah. is going to be, you know, a top 20 back. But, mm-hmm. like – if you're in a 10-team league right now and, and Sanders is most likely your least valuable player because you can't play him, it's not like, you, know, it's not like you can play him in your flex spot. Yep. Um, it's just it's a really tough spot to be in. Darren Sproles is a little bit banged up, so Sanders might, you know, for the next couple of weeks, uh, take over a little bit more of the passing down role. But still, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely been a very, very slow start for Sanders' uh, rookie season. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it has been. And, and you know, we kind of... S- you know, we talked about this in the preseason where, you know, the, the only guy who had averaged nearly 13 touches per game in that backfield under Peterson was Ryan Matthews. And that was the concern, but he had never had a guy as good as Miles Sanders. But Jordan Howard has come in and proven that, hey, man, all you fantasy haters out there, I still got something left. I'm a young guy who's rushed for a lot of yards in this league. He's only 24. And, and I know. I know. <laughs> Which and is now, wild. And, and, and yeah. the, fantasy, the fantasy industry really went all in against him because he couldn't catch the ball out of the backfield. And it looked like he had regressed. You know, his yards per carry average had been declining. But now he goes into a good situation, and I don't know that I'd play either one this week because the matchup is just not good, and I feel like Howard's touchdown dependent against the Vikings. He's not going to rush for a lot of yards. He's not going to catch a lot of passes, so I see I see him as a, as a fade. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with Graham. I don't think you can drop a, a guy like Miles Sanders, especially when you look at the waiver wire and just the utter garbage just, that's right there at yeah, the running back And just, just anecdotally here, to put a bow on it, like, even though Howard is now their air quotes lead back, he's still only played on like forty five percent of the team snaps over the last Which two is weeks. Probably going to be his life. That's right? exactly yep. I mean, like, right. Yeah, there's not going to ever be a guy in a Doug Peterson offense that's going to go out and get you know sixty five seventy percent of the snaps. It's just not going to happen. Sanders Sanders is really struggling though. I, you know, coming out, he bounced a lot of runs and kind of because he was just a one-year starter at Penn State, I felt like he had a long way to go in terms of like just his field vision and letting blocks develop. And watching the Eagles this year, he's just not clearly seeing lanes, whereas Jordan Howard's a seasoned veteran. He's been doing this for years, and he's just a one-cut-and-go guy, where Sanders is more of a patient, kind of make-you-miss type of player, and that just doesn't necessarily work. I think Sanders has looked very shaky behind right. the Eagles' offensive line, which is surprising because they're very good. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it, you see it a lot with first-year backs, too, where like, you know, in college maybe you can dance a little bit and make some guys miss right. and then hit the hole and go. It's a little bit harder in the NFL to do that. And the biggest difference is those linebackers are just so much faster. So much faster, man. I mean, that's, I always I always am amazed. Like, you know, whenever you hear interviews with rookies and people ask them, you know, what's the big difference between college and the NFL? And the first thing they always say is it's so much faster. Faster. Yeah. So mm-hmm. much faster. And he's sort of learning that. Um, in Green Bay, there was always the preseason debate about, you know, hashtag, are you hashtag Team Allison, hashtag Team MVS? Look, I fell on the side of MVS. I don't know that either guy has been particularly great, uh, especially since the injury to Devontae Adams. It has been noticeable that neither one of those guys is really getting open and making plays. But looking at Marquez Valdez-Scantling in particular, he had the one nice game against the Broncos with 99 yards and a touchdown. Uh, After that, he has not... Beyond that, he's not gone above 52 receiving yards in any one game. Doesn't have any touchdowns. The last couple of weeks, uh, he and Aaron Rodgers just 
can't connect. And it's really been kind of more the Jimmy Graham, Aaron Jones show in that offense. Uh, Fabs, is it okay to say goodbye to MVS right now? Yeah, I mean, depending on, uh, you know, what you were able to sort of grab off of the waiver wire, I feel like MVS is not a must-hold. Allison is not a must-hold. And if we look at this offense as a whole, I mean, it's all about Aaron Jones. Aaron Rodgers has had one strong fantasy performance all season long, and I get it last week, uh, game script kind of hurt him because the Cowboys were, were behind. The Packers ran the ball a lot, and Jones was scoring touchdowns every other drive. Uh, not that I'm bitter about that or anything. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and and what is the status of Adams? Have we heard anything about him? It's sort of been quiet. Uh, it's been very quiet. So it's, that, it's Wednesday morning for what it's worth, and practice reports aren't out. Right. I'm not I'm not entirely sure what's, what's going on. And another thing, too, is, like, it's a Monday night game. So maybe if you have Adams and you have MVS or Allison, then it's worth holding on to them just in case if there's hope that Adams can play and then he's a late inactive, at least you're covered. Um, but uh, other than that, I mean, neither one of them is going to be very trustworthy in an offense that uh, has uh, is it's not it's not your 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 dad's Packers offense. It's not even your way. big brother's Packers yeah. offense. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you, you talk about Aaron Jones, too. The thing about that is I think that only lasts as long as Jamal Williams is out. Because once I Jamal hope Williams, not. I hope he gets. I mean, we I mean, say this every hope, time. Hope is not a plan. I mean, I at this know. Point, Matt LaFleur has pretty much established that they. It doesn't matter because early in the year, Aaron Jones had some big games, too. And Matt LaFleur basically said, I want to keep him fresh. Yep. We're going to rotate him. And I think that's that's just how it's going to be. And, and Aaron Jones's big game, well, he's one. He's awesome. But it was also just a default because the Packers were without Williams. And I think kind of people expected Dexter Williams, their rookie right. running back, yeah. to take a, a little bit bigger of a role. But they made him a healthy scratch. Yeah, they made Trey Carson this Right, second. and they promoted yeah. Trey Carson. So Aaron Jones basically played every single snap last week. Uh, last one, Tariq Cohen. Um, I, I thought coming into the season that even with David Montgomery there, Tariq Cohen would still have a role in the offense. And I mean, I guess he has just the, the bears offense. And, you know, Graham, I saw you commented on a tweet from Sigmund Bloom about just the lack of explosion, or I guess it, uh, I think Sigmund commented and I think you responded to that. Uh, I'll have to go back and, and I apologize for not knowing who actually sent the tweet originally. Um, but just a lack of explosion in the Bears offense uh, in both the running and the passing game. And Tariq Cohen uh, really hasn't gotten going at all in this one. He's got just one touchdown. He has two double-digit games. He has not scored 13 points in a fantasy game uh, just yet this season. And, look, I know we, we keep going back to the fact that there's nothing out there on the waiver wire, but it, it, it seems to be getting harder, guys, to, to justify holding a roster spot for Tariq Cohen. Certainly, you can't put him in your lineup mm-hmm. with any kind of confidence. And I think it's, it's, he's just kind of sitting there languishing at the bottom of your roster. Right? Yeah, that's kind of what it is. I mean, you're, you're, just, you're hoping for you know, weekly game script to, to favor a lot of passes in the second half so Cohen can potentially get, get going. But, yeah, they've been using Montgomery, and Montgomery hasn't shown much either uh, out of that backfield. Yards per carry average. I mean, this is a guy coming out of college, one of the most elusive dudes uh, to come out of college at that position in a long, long time. Uh, tackle breaker, uh, yardage monster, and it hasn't happened this season. So th- that bears offense. Allen Robinson is, has done well, and, and he's a great player, and I'm happy for him. I hope he can remain healthy and continue to have a big season. But there's there's nobody on that on that roster that you're that you actually can trust every week, right. except for A. Rob. Right, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, the Bears are on a bye this week. Mitch Trubisky will try to get right through their bye with that shoulder injury. They they have three straight games coming out of their bye that should be potentially pretty big scoring games for fantasy with the Saints, Chargers, and Eagles. So at least there might be three potentially pass heavy game scripts there but 
Tariq Cohen is this just he's like a quintessential trap play, right? Like in PPR <laughs> leagues, like you you think that these guys that like you know catch the ball consistently on the backfield and they you know they have these like you know kind of specialized roles. They're fun for fantasy, and it just right. it's this is just kind of a microcosm of that. They're super unpredictable week to week, and Cohen's gonna have a few huge games. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna be really tough to predict. I mean, he was the RB eleven last year. Yeah, yeah. I think in our minds, we want. Tariq Cohen to be what Austin Eckler is, right? right. Mm. And it just, and it just, and that'd it just, be nice, right? It'd be great. Uh, by the way, the, that tweet, Joe Ostrowski, uh, who mentioned that the Bears, their offensive ranks going into the bye, they are 31st in explosive run rate, 30th in yards per play, 30th in explosive play rate, 29th in points per drive, 28th in explosive pass rate percentage, uh, and 26th in overall efficiency. Yeah, that, that uh, basically, sound good. basically, what that works out to is it's bad. Tr- yeah. Trubisky gets a lot of the blame for good good reason, but their offensive line has been really, really shaky to start this year mm-hmm. as well. And, and outside of A-Rob, they really don't have any other playmakers. I know Taylor Gabriel had a big game, but he's been uh, out for the last two weeks. They just don't really have a lot of guys that can uh, make a play at receiver outside of A-Rob. And A-Rob is not the best separator in the world. He's more of a contested catch mm-hmm. kind of yep. physical right. player. Mm-hmm. So. All right, so those are the guys that uh, you may be considering dropping. Uh, proceed with caution in a lot of instances. Uh, now, people that you may be trading for or trading away. The first one on the list we talked about, Aaron Jones, right? And, and this is sort of, a, I think, a sell-high kind of situation. Obviously, the four touchdowns uh, against the Cowboys, was it 48 points, 49 points, whatever it was he scored uh, this past weekend. Uh, it's likely not going to get better than that at any point this, this season. So... Uh, are you guys are you guys looking to maybe trade away Aaron Jones at the height of his fantasy powers and seeing what you can get in in advance, seeing in return, knowing Jamal Williams is probably coming back soon? Yeah, dude, you know me, man. What do I say? <laughs> you're not trading, you're not trading. Exactly. So if somebody out there wants to give me an offer on Aaron Jones, I'll absolutely take a look at it because this is the best. This is the biggest game he'll have ever, probably. <laughs> I mean, in his entire career. And so if someone wants to throw an offer at me, maybe. You know, let me ask you, let me guys uh, a question here. If someone said, I'll give you Nick Chubb for Aaron Jones right now, would you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. There'll be folks out there that, that might, might offer that or yeah. might take that offer. Yeah. One, the one for one running back trades, I don't really ever understand, but yeah, <laughs> right. this is a great, this is a great <laughs> spot to sell Aaron Jones high because yeah. like you mentioned it, we know what Matt LaFleur wants to do when Jamal Williams is back is they want to kind of make this a little bit of a timeshare. I, I do wonder if, because Aaron Jones has been so awesome and explosive, if he kind of, instead of making it a 50, 50 timeshare, it's more like 60, 40 when Williams comes back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, if you can get, you know, maybe receiver one, top six, top eight running back in return for Aaron Jones right now. That's pretty easy, easy move to make. Yeah, I think so. Uh, another guy who has an upturn recently in production, Adam Thielen. Uh, we we uh, c- celebrated the squeaky wheel theory working yep. over the past week. Uh, this week, he's actually got another good matchup against that Philadelphia secondary. So this may be a situation maybe you hold on one more week and then maybe try to sell high. Because, guys, I, I mean, I think we've all kind of come to an agreement that Big weeks for the Vikings wide receivers just aren't going to happen very often. And so I think if there's a chance to maybe sell high on Adam Thielen, I, I think you got to take that opportunity, right? I have Thielen in one league, and I've been I've dangled him everywhere. Um, in this league, I, I lack running back depth, so I'm trying to get a running back uh, in return for him. But this is the and, and this is a good point too to make is that if you've been if you've been clever on the waiver wire, adding to the wide receivers that you drafted. You could legitimately have like DJ Chark and Cortland yep. Sutton to go along with, 
you know, like I, in my league, I have Thielen, Godwin, Galladay, Chark, and Sutton. And I am trying like hell to trade. Like I'll package Galladay and Sutton or Chark and, and Galladay to get like that elite big time wide receiver. And I mean, some people may think based on his numbers that DJ Chark is well worth because he is an end zone machine. Um, he's another guy that I would sell high on. I don't know if he can keep this up all year. Maybe he can. I hope he can. But th- these are the things that you need to do right now, guys. These are the, the moves that you need to make. The depth that you've acquired off the waiver wire, uh, need, you don't want it on your bench sitting there. And this is the this is a good time to maybe package two wide receivers to get a stud. Uh, and, and those two wide receivers being like, you know, the, the types of a Sutton or a Chark. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Cor- Cortland Sutton, I mean, obviously, this is a guy that you're trying to trade for now, right? I mean, at this point, like, Emmanuel Sanders had a bad week. He's still going to be fine long term. Yeah. But, I mean, Graham Cortland Sutton yeah. has sort of stepped things up this year, and it might be maybe worth trying to get him on your roster. No, he has. He absolutely has. I mean, Sutton is a super, super athlete, um, and it's kind of showing uh, with Flacco. I just wish the Broncos had a real quarterback. That would be nice <laughs> uh, to, keep, to keep both Sutton uh, and Sanders afloat for fantasy. But, yeah, Sutton has been awesome so far. I mean, he's he's been – Great downfield, great in the intermediate areas. Um, looks like the Broncos' future number one wide receiver if he isn't already. But, yeah, just tying yourself to Joe Flacco right now is just uh, mm-hmm. it's tough. It's, it's tough to do. It's yeah. tough. Sure. It's tough. Uh, last one, and this is a big one. Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I mean, y- you want to believe, one, that talent wins out. You want to believe that Freddie Kitchens will figure out how to really integrate him into this offense. Uh, I, you know, watching that game on Monday night, they tried a lot of tricky things with him. He threw the pass. Uh, there was one play where he lined up as the, the deep back, and then they ran sort of a little inside trap to Nick Chubb, who was the up back in that situation. They're trying to move him around and sort of confuse defenses, but it hasn't translated to production. Um, but I still am believing, Graham, that, that you're trying to trade for OBJ right now. That you're, you, I, And maybe this is me just holding on to hope, but I'm, I'm <laughs> really thinking, like, Hold on to him. Trade for him. Try to acquire him because better days are coming. Oh, yes, they will. And and just look at what happened on, on Monday night, right? I mean, Baker Mayfield went 8 for 22. He completed Not 8 good. freaking passes. 8. Uh, he was under pressure on like over 50% of his dropbacks. The Browns never got into any semblance of a rhythm in that game. And, and Baker, or excuse me, OBJ had a bad game against the Ravens, but I went back and watched that. Marlon Humphrey is a, I mean, he did a yeah, he's been Yeah, he's job. been great this season. Marlon yep. Humphrey did a fantastic job yep. covering Beckham and frustrating him in that game. And then obviously you have a really bad game here in, in week five. Uh, but before that, Beckham has been pretty much fine for fantasy, and I, I agree. I think uh, if you've got a panicking Beckham owner in your league who who is desperate for a win, and the Browns are about to go into buy here in week seven. Beckham is a great buy. It, uh, low. Isn't it amazing that uh, people are now pining for the days of OBJ catching passes from Eli, Elijah, Elijah Nelson Manning, Manning. Eddie's over there smirking. He is. <laughs> speaking about speaking of Baker, though, and I've sort of been waving, you know, waving the flag on this one, man, dude. He can't be on your roster anymore. I mean, if you're in a team, no, you, oh, you can move on. He's, yeah. he, listen, you can move on. I, I have already. You know, I, I was wrong about Baker. We The whole industry was wrong about Baker. Uh, and for those of you who in the industry who thought he was going to be a bust, kudos to you. Uh, I thought he was going to end up being, you know, a, a top five, a top eight quarterback this year. He's 31st right now. And I get it. I get you. You ended up drafting him, you know, eighth, ninth round. I get it. You thought he was going to break out. This is where you as a fantasy owner have to audible. 
I'd rather have Gardner Minshew right now. I'd rather have Josh Allen right now. Mason, Baker Mayfield. Mason a bust. Rudolph has more fantasy points than Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker May- there you go. I mean, I Baker Mayfield had negative two fantasy points last week. He hasn't scored 16 in a game this season. I don't care what the schedule looks like down the stretch. The offensive line is a mess. His confidence is shot. And he is turning the ball over way too much. And we are all seeing that you can have all the talent in the world and it doesn't matter if you have a porous offensive line and a head coach who's in over his head. Uh, it's Yeah, it's been bad. It has been very, very bad. Uh, the eight interceptions, the fumble lost, uh, it just turned out to, to not work out. Baker looks shook, man. He does. He looks shook back there. I mean, and I get it. Their offensive line is really bad, but... Baker has been uh, he he has been well and extremely shaky. You know he just he looks so far like he's kind of gotten happy feet in the pocket when things start to break down. Yep. Even well even before plays start breaking down, Baker is kind of feeling he's seeing ghosts right. basically, and he right. dr- he's drifting to his right so much. And that's not, the thing is he's 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 just dr- going he's right, just drifting. Yep. It's like <laughs> it's like he's not. It, there's just no rhythm at all in that offense. Right and, and keep this in mind too, he's not a veteran. This is a young guy. He showed some potential in the second half of last season, yes. And with all the moves that the Browns made in the offseason, all the hype about them being the team that's going to dethrone the Patriots in the AFC, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. A lot of pressure. And there's a lot of people out there in the media, Colin Cowherd, probably the the biggest one who are all over him. It's a lot of pressure. He did a lot of commercials. Like every time you watch uh, a, a game on primetime, it's like every other commercial has Baker Mayfield in it, you know? And uh, he just he hasn't been able to step up to the plate at this point. I don't know that he's going to. Uh, well, eventually, he's going to have a couple of good games, and people will pick him back up and think that everything's going to be okay. It's not okay. The schedule does him no favors. They've got the Seahawks this week, then a bye. They're on the road at New England, at Denver, home to Buffalo. Brutal. Home to, home to Pittsburgh. It's brutal. It's not. I mean, you know, it opens up in week 12. They got the Dolphins. At that point, hey, if hey. you've been playing. <laughs> so, if, at that point, that will be the first time. Baker's been a, a sit every week in my column, I think, except for maybe one. And he will be a sit in my column every single week until that game. <laughs> Weirdly enough, if, I mean, I just say, this is a big if, but if the Browns can start to kind of figure some things out, the first two weeks of the fantasy playoffs, he's got the Bengals and the Cardinals. So, hmm. you know, I don't know. Uh, Patrick, maybe Patrick, Patrick Peterson, Peterson will yeah. be back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were just thinking well, the same thing, yep. so that should help. Provided the Cardinals don't trade him before the deadline. Good point. Oh. So, we'll see. Anyway, that, that's all a big if. This is all, like, huge projection way into the future. So, uh, anyway. We'll Brown Seahawks, we're going to sit here and say this, but Brown Seahawks is going to go off this weekend, right? I mean, Russell Wilson <laughs> is going right. to force the Browns to the air. Seahawks uh, front seven is significantly uh, less talented yeah, than the 49ers right now. You know, I, this, is, this is like an inside joke, but like our producer, Todd Mossberg, who is from, you know, Cleveland and was a Browns fan, then ended up moving to Seattle and, and working for, for the Seahawks, Seahawks yeah. and became a Seahawks fan. And I never saw him wear any Cleveland Brown stuff ever until they went nuts in the offseason. Now he's all over the Cleveland Browns. Now I call this the Mossberg Bowl because I feel like if they lose to the Seahawks next week, Todd Mossberg will be wearing Back to his highlighter green. one of those antifreeze green jerseys and have given up on the Cleveland Browns. I was actually with uh, my pal Miz last night. Sorry, name drop. And even he is like, this sucks, man. And he, like, there isn't a bigger Browns fan on the planet than Mike. And even he is distraught. Baker stinks. What's going on with this team? Eh, 
And, and and he drafted Baker in a lot of leagues too, so he's. Uh, he's I'm sure he's happy. doubly salty. Though. He's not too happy. Um, moving on to a little thing I like to call committee meetings as we look at some of these frustrating running back rotations and maybe which way we would lean uh, in week six. Starting at Tampa. Uh, Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones, both guys. We talked about uh, them a little bit earlier, whether or not you were holding on to Peyton Barber. Uh, they're going up against the Carolina Panthers. Is there one of those two guys that either of you would feel better about this week? I actually think this is an Adrian Peterson week. <laughs> oh, God, what am I doing? I mean, yeah, I mean, the the Dolphins can't stop the run, guys. And, and the Redskins, like, this might be their one game where they can actually establish the run. Right. I mean, this this will be the one game where the Redskins can go in and maybe get some semblance of a running game going. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's AP this week. But yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, people people are going to be looking at him off the waiver wire. Chris Thompson, yeah. I you know he's going to be in the mix, too. Here, Here's here's a, a conundrum for you, because a lot of people out there stream defenses. I stream defenses. You guys stream defenses. If you had the choice between the Redskins or the Dolphins, who are you streaming? You. Uh, people dude they they are they are two of the offenses that fantasy defenses score the most against i looked at it this week i i guess (laughs) i guess miami i don't know they're both bad they're both gonna be bad this this is the tank bowl you know like so basically except one of them is tanking on purpose the other one is just bad you know who I, i i'm i would go with the redskins um because i feel like Josh Rosen is is a little more prone to turn the ball over. The offensive line is crap. And not that the Redskins offensive line is any great shakes either, but I yeah, feel like say that. Colt McCoy is not going to turn the ball over yeah. as much as, as Rosen would. What do you guys feel uh, about Kenyon Drake this week? Right? I mean, I mean, I mean it's, it's not his fault that he's been so bad in the stat sheets, but I, this is, is this, is this a week to start him? I mean, if there's ever a week, this is probably That's not right. I mean, it, it, I mean, flex then, him, right? I'm not that excited. Uh... Yeah, I mean, if there's ever a week to start to start Kenyon Drake, this is probably the week. The, the Dolphins keep playing. The Dolphins keep playing Kalen Balaj and uh, I think that dream Balazs, is over. Yeah, Kalen Balaj. Mark Walton was seeing some more burn. Yeah, I, 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 I think the Kalen Balaj dream is over down there in Miami because um, mm-hmm. he's been so so bad. I remember how happy I was that I drafted him in in the Scott oh, Fish Bowl like back man. in July or whatever it was when we were was, building up, and I was like. Ooh, that one might be a steal. Right. I was picking him up in late rounds. It was like he was like my end of draft. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be great. Nope. Not yeah. even a little bit. Uh, all right, Fabs. Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones against Carolina. Any one of those guys uh, do something? Well, the last time they played, it was Barber. Right. Right? I, I don't want either one of them. I, 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 dude, honestly, get me a dartboard in here. Put Barber's picture on one side and Jones is on another and I'll throw it and whoever it hits, that'll be the guy that I play because that's what it's been like. That's what it's been like, even in my rankings. I think I have Barber and then Jones. Like, I I just don't know. Yeah. Week to week. And it's not it's impossible for anyone who's not in the locker room uh, to, to have any idea and to give anyone any educated sort of analysis on this. Right. I mean, it was Rojo for three weeks who was who was getting more snaps and more touches and Barber's snaps and touches were declining. And then last week it, it, it was it was closer to a split. I don't know, dude. I mean, yeah. I, I, I guess I'd go with Barber, but I, I don't know, <laughs> man. It's so hard to predict that backfield. Uh, it really is. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Eagles earlier. Uh, Graham Jordan Howard versus Miles Sanders against the Vikings. I know neither one is particularly look. I'm in a situation where in a league I've, I've got to play Jordan Howard just because that's kind of what I got right now. I'm not super excited about it. 
I mean, I would guess his potential touchdown upside makes him maybe the more attractive play here. It, it does, and, and him getting all the inside the 10 work is what would sway it towards me. The Vikings have been uh, a little bit susceptible to running backs uh, in the passing game this mm-hmm. this uh, this season, and Darren Sproles is going to miss some time with an injury. So Sanders will probably be their primary and maybe even only passing down back this week, which is a, you know fine for PPR leagues. But yeah, Howard has much higher touchdown equity. Right, yeah. It, it, yep, that's, that's I agree 100. percent I don't like either one of them because of the matchup, but uh, Howard probably be the guy I'd start if I had to choose between the two. Um, one that has gotten really complicated recently: Kansas City. Yeah, no kidding. You got, you got D. Dot Williams and D. Dot Williams and Lashawn McCoy. On paper, this matchup against Houston seems like it'd be pretty good, but man, there's a three-headed attack there to the point that I almost don't really want any of well, them. It's not even three-headed now because Daryl played. I think 12 offensive snaps and 13 snaps on special teams. But Shady got And Shady got carry. two touches and neither one of them was a carry. Nope. So fumbled I, one of them. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I guess Damian Williams is the best bet. Oh yeah. Damian, I mean, I right? Damian Williams is a good play this week. The Texans have given up the most yep. receptions to running backs so far. Yep. Um but yeah, uh, how many people do you think have screwed up the the D Williams? Uh, oh, plenty. Yeah, yeah, right. Plenty. This is this is sort of like, you know, 2015 <laughs> When Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson. Well, there's that. The Bears, the Bears, yep. But uh, also when uh, when David Johnson first kind of came on the scene and everybody and a lot of people went out and got the Chargers backup tight end, David Johnson. Yes, I remember that one too. Uh, Yeah, there were two Adrian Petersons in the league for a while. Now we've got two D. Williamses. Um, (laughs) Williamses. Williamses. So, all right. So maybe it looks like Damian there. Uh, And then finally, everyone's favorite backfield, the 49ers. Devin Coleman, Matt Breida. Going against the Rams. Look, uh, look on Monday, Tevin Coleman got more touches than Matt Breida. Breida had the, the huge touchdown run. He had yep. a touchdown catch. So that gave him the big game there. But Coleman looks like he may be the lead back. I mean, the matchup is so-so against the Rams. Uh, one, none, both, either. So so here's, here's the issue, though. Uh, and, and I think we're going to see this. I mean, losing Kyle Juszczyk is going to hurt. Yes, maybe the best fullback in the entire game and losing him is going to hurt, you know? Um, so with, with that being said, they're both flex starters because of four teams on a bye, and Shanahan's offenses. And we've seen it before. We saw it in Atlanta. Like there's enough touches to go around where two guys can be productive. Now that Browns defense, I don't know what the hell happened to them. They were only averaging 3.9 yards, a lot per rush. And boy, that was just, that was just dreadful. But um, you know, th- this week, it's the matchup. It's going to be interesting. I, I've said it before. This is either going to be a absolute barn burner and both of the defensive stats are going out the window and both teams are going to go up and down the field. It's going to be 42, 35, or it's going to be more of a defensive struggle. And the 49ers defense, that, that defense is for real. Front seven really and if good. they can yeah. put pressure on Jared Goff, like they did Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff is going to turn the ball over. And remember, Brandon Cooks is out this week potentially too because he's in concussion protocol. So if he can't play, that takes a big weapon stretching the field out of play for that L.A. Rams offense. Real quick, getting back to Coleman and Breida, uh, we all know how good Christian McCaffrey's been this year, averaging over 30 fantasy points per game. The 49ers' backfield this season is averaging 41 PPR points per game. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, Shanahan just keeps producing elite backs. Yep. Uh, Coleman and Breeder, I think they're good RB2 plays every single week if they continue to see the majority of the touches. Raheem Mostert, I'll also say, did not 
uh, really see too much work nope. until that fourth quarter. The, uh, the snaps were all time. pretty close. Like they were all in the mid to low twenties in snaps. Like all three of them. Jeff Wilson was a was a healthy scratch. You can you can cut him. You can drop him. But but Moster didn't get any touches. Yeah. So it, it was it was the Coleman and Breida show for sure. Um. Aside has nothing to do with you know. Well, maybe a little bit of something because you mentioned Fab's uh, Kyle Yuschek. Mm-hmm. I have sort of been interested in looking. There, there are a handful of teams, a very small handful of teams, that are very quietly using fullbacks to very great effect. Right, the Niners seem to be one of them with Kyle Yuschek. We've seen in the past until he was hurt. James Devlin uh, in in New England helping to lead the way. Um, you know, the, the Raiders using Alec Ingold, which is helping a lot for Josh Jacobs trying to get open. I, I know that it is. It is not the way of the world nowadays. I just wonder, as more teams start to spread the field, right, and this league becomes so much more pass-heavy, just, I'm just wondering at what point do teams start to kind of look at this inefficiency and say, you know what, if everybody else is going to go run, especially because not everybody has the personnel to be pass-heavy, right, to be effective that way, I'm just wondering if you're going to see more teams maybe start occasionally to put a fullback in there to open some holes to run the football. Look, the, the Colts ran the ball very well on Monday or on Sunday night against the Chiefs, and they, they helped kind yeah. of keep Patrick Mahomes in check. Not everybody can go out there with four wide receivers and sling it around and be effective. I, I'm wondering at some point do teams start to go, hey, maybe, you know, if we can't beat them this way, we're going to try the other well, way. Well, the 49ers have basically done that with Jimmy G. They've kind of turned Garoppolo so far into kind of a little bit of a game manager. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, it's situation neutral scoreboard. So when the game's like within a score, the 49ers are the most run heavy team in the league over the Seahawks, over the Ravens, over the Colts. Um, they are hammering the football on early mm-hmm. downs. Yeah. I just, you know, look, I, I think it's a thing where. Not not everybody is built to play a certain way, even if that's what the analytics suggest is the most efficient thing. And at some point, you're going to see, look, that's how Moneyball happened, right? Like, you realize you can't compete going a certain way, so right. you go the other way. Please, if you want to be contrarian, just do it well. Do it well. The 49ers right. are a very good running team. Um, and, you know, look, it was one week, but the, the Raiders did it really well against the Bears last week. They so did, they man. They did it really they, well. They really did. So at that some point. Yeah, at that... some point, teams are going to start to kind of do that and go the other way. So, um, before we get out of here, uh, we're going to get some of your questions off Twitter. You know, you can always hit us up individually at our uh, respective fantasy handles, or uh, you can hit up the NFL fantasy handle. I guess you can even hit up the NFL podcast handle, but uh, you know, you, you may get a, a DDFP or a move the sticks response, which might not, uh, while be informative and or entertaining, may not <laughs> necessarily help you with your fantasy conundrum. So, I went through uh, and picked out a few of them. Um, Start with one from Vincent Fox. What the hell do I do with OBJ? I mean, I feel like we sort of talked about that. Like, be patient, man. Bro, you just got to keep starting them. That's it, man. Just keep starting them. Be patient. There's nothing else you could do. Um, this one from Diego. Time to drop Stefan Diggs? No, not uh, yet. But, man. I, it's hard. It's He's basically essentially been an anchor on your team. He really has. I mean, it's just been like, you know. 10 to 12, you know, fewer than 12 points in every game, uh, except for one, just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one from Chithun. I'm probably mispronouncing that, and I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, with Gordon back, should I hold on to Eckler? I feel like we've kind of talked about this. I'm like, yeah, keep him. Yeah. It's 16 targets last week. Hold on. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, Melvin Gordon's not going to play in the passing game for sure. So, yeah, you, you can be patient. I mean, look, he's... He's a flex now as opposed to being your RB1, but you sort of, I think, expected that at some point when you drafted him. Uh, coming into this week, do you start Greg Olson 
against the Bucks or George Kittle against the Rams? No, you start yeah. Kittle. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I do like Olsen this week, though. The Buccaneers have, have given it up to tight ends, and they gave up 17 to Olsen yeah, huge, uh, yeah, huge game a few Olsen weeks early. ago. And I know Olsen has sucked the last couple of weeks. I mean, he gave you just nothing last week. And when I mean nothing, I'm talking about zero. Literally nothing. I think he will be better this week. That game's in London, I believe, right? Uh, it, it is. is. It's, yeah. In fact, it's that's another thing, guys. Remember, it is an early game in London, yes. especially for folks on the West Coast. That's a 6.30 a.m. kickoff game between the Bucks and the Panthers. And so you will likely have people going in that game, whether it's, you know, it's a McCaffrey or a Godwin Evans, uh, Jameis Winston, what have you. So Make sure those lineups are set. Yep. Set them on Saturday night, probably before you go to bed, because uh, you don't want to wake up in the morning and, and suddenly, you know, you left somebody sitting on your bench. Dope. That, that sucks. Um, Flacco, not Joe. Uh, wants to know, Brita, Robert Woods, or Chris Thompson in the flex? Brita, Robert Woods, or Chris Thompson? Woods. Yeah. I, think- I-, I want... If, if 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 Brandon Cooks is out, it's definitely Woods. Yeah. I would still probably go Woods too. But the, that Niners defense is so good. That this is the, they haven't really played like a good team yet. I mean, they haven't played like a, a solid team. And they're playing the Rams this week. So they're we'll playing the Rams this week. So yeah, so we will find out. Um, th- that's kind of like you know when the Cowboys played the Saints, they didn't really play anybody. Got got. Ers run. But, 49ers' run defense is really good, though, and the Rams yeah. have not been as nearly as effective this season running the ball. I think they'll have to throw a bunch to, to keep up in that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, Robert Woods on that one. Uh, this one from Michael Foster. DJ Chark or DeAndre Hopkins? Never thought we'd hear that question You can't, you this can't year, play right? both? I mean... At this point, you kind of have to play Chark, right? Although, I mean, look, I would think that if you have... DJ Chark, you also probably have. I mean, you drafted him late, or you. Well, that's what I'm talking waivers. about. Like that's what I said earlier. So try and is, trade him. Is that I mean, where we're at with Nuke? This is where we are with Nuke. But you probably also have like you, you know, like you could very well have Nuke and like Godwin yeah. and Chark, right? Yeah, so you yeah. could really yeah, be dude. sitting there yeah. struggling. <laughs> trade, dude. Trade Chark. Try and trade him. I mean, uh, if you can't start him, why sit him on the bench? Yeah. Uh, uh, I. That's a hard one, man. Because like I, 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 I would not like to sit Chark. Uh, it's hard when it's DeAndre Hopkins, right? Really hard. <laughs> that makes it a little bit. So difficult. I would probably end up. Yeah, I would and try I mean, to swing and, deal you know, you're looking at potentially a scoreboard scorcher there against the Chiefs too. So I, you know, like, I you just know? Have this weird feeling that that's going to be a lower scoring game. You think? Expect. I just, I just mm. have this crazy feeling about that. That's going to be the the most fun game to watch. I mean, yeah, Mahomes, Watson, oh, and on, on paper it sounds Get great. Your ready. I just had this weird feeling about it. I don't know. Speaking of Deshaun Watson, uh, Seth Jackson wants to know Watson or Wilson, Russell Wilson this week. That's actually against really the tough Cleveland call. Browns. That is a really tough call. I think I have Watson ranked higher. I would go Watson. Look, I would look. go Watson too, just because the Chiefs just are constantly giving up huge games to quarterbacks. Yeah, but I mean, so here's the thing. I looked at that. I mean, they have they gave a really huge game to uh, to Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two games where they they did not allow a top ten quarterback, and the other two like was just just on just in the top ten, like just edging into the top ten. So they've been, you know. Yeah, Brissett okay. was Brissett was. He didn't have to do a lot. Right, exactly. They didn't ask him to do a lot. Well, the Colts just ran the ball. Just time. ran the ball down yep. their throat. I would say that losing Chris Jones might might really hurt the Chiefs' defense, too. Um, well, since we're on the Deshaun Watson train, Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. Hey, by the way, uh, Matthias. What? You don't, you don't have to say it's a PPR league because they're quarterbacks, so it doesn't really But wait, 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 wait. He has... Deshaun Watson and Patrick Why? I'm going to guess this might be a DFS kind of question. Yeah. That's my guess here. Oh, I haven't even looked at the... the That's my... Because I can't imagine you have both Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Well... Maybe it's a dynasty league? Maybe. 
Because otherwise, you spent a lot of draft capital in a redraft league. <laughs> or it's just a four-team league. Or that, too. Uh, so, so Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes in a PPR league. I, I mean, I think I still lean Mahomes. Yep. Yep. But this also seems like a humble brag. Um, last one from Anthony Gonzalez asking, Devontae Freeman or Sony Michelle this week? I like I like both. I'm going Freeman though. So uh, the I get it. He's he's not doing anything on the ground. But with this offense on pace to throw the ball 700 plus times, uh, he is catching he is catching the ball out of the backfield uh, when when you know when the pocket breaks down for for Matt Ryan. So uh, I I typically tend to go running back here. And Freeman's had two good weeks in a row. And this could be a high scoring game. I actually think I might start Michelle over Freeman this week. Um, especially in a game where the, the Patriots should control completely. Uh, Michelle is, has, I know he's been super frustrating, but he's seen 15 or more carries in four of their five games. And last week, without Rex Burkhead, we'll see if Rex Burkhead comes back this week. But without Burkhead last week, Michelle was more involved in their passing game too. Which, you know... I, I, well, I, he came from not being not involved. Being involved at all, from nothing yeah. to, you know, to three. Like, he'd had one target all year long. He got three last week. But, you know, I had been, you know, sort of reading that, the Patriots wanted to get him there was, more involved. There's in the no reason game. not to get Michelle involved in the passing game. Yeah, so uh, I think I think it's because they had sort of become predictable when he came on the field versus Extremely. when James White was on the field. Mm-hmm. So now they sort of mix it up a little bit. So, uh, you know, Sony Michelle, not dead yet. So there you go. All right, that's it. We are done. We appreciate you listening and downloading as always. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, the world won't end today. It's already tomorrow in Australia. We'll see you on Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.